You're listening to Told by Olay, a Lifestyle Perspective podcast, a space to explore, get real, and get God. This is season two, a mini-season, The Adventures of Calling. Today, to start the season, we're sitting down with Toby. He is a lover and follower of Jesus Christ, a recent graduate of NYU with a master's in music tech, the founder of On The Rock Movement, and an innovator, creator, and ambassador for the kingdom of God. Growing up, Toby had no idea that God would have him where he does today. His journey so far has been one of revelation, discovering who he is, who he's called to be, and becoming who God created him to be. The journey hasn't been a straight and narrow path, but certainly one that's proven that God does, in fact, work all things together for our good. So instead of me doing the talking, to kick off this series for the first time on the podcast, please welcome Toby. Toby, the minstrel himself. So excited to have him joining us on the podcast. Toby, would you just introduce yourself and tell us about a time you went from feeling unseen to seen? Uh, Yeah, what's up? What's up, world? Uh, (laughs) Thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. For those yo who don't know, Yanka is my sister. Like, literally, she's my sister. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate you. And, and also, just shout-outs to you because you're doing a phenomenal job with your Thank podcast. You. And, <laughs> and, and getting this word out. So, a Listen. little bit about me. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Toby. Toby the Minstrel. Uh, a lover of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, you know, I'm out here uh, working. Um running a studio, running the clothing line, founder of On The Rock Movement. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm just just living living life one day at a time and uh, just allowing the Lord to just lead me and uh, take me to wherever he's desired me to go, to do awesome. whatever he has planned for me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that, that's really my life. It's, 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 really, it's really simple. It's really simple. Just wake up, love Jesus, uh, fulfill <laughs> purpose, go to sleep. I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it takes a lot to get to that place. But before yeah. we get into that, because I, I definitely want to dig into that, yeah. can you tell us about, about about a time you went from feeling unseen to seen? To seen. Unseen yeah. to seen. Hmm. So, um, I guess for me, I've uh, I would say I've never been um, void of attention. You know, like yeah. I've I've always been that individual who, in some way, shape, or form, has been in some kind of spotlight or something. Okay, uh, whether it be you know, just having influence around my immediate surroundings or whatever. I've just always been that individual that people look up to or whatever. Not saying mm-hmm. that I have it all together or whatever, but that's just always, that's that's always been the position that I find myself in. Um, however, I would say for me, it was more so a thing of the moment I felt or came into the understanding that God sees me. You, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's uh, times when, or there was a time in, in my life where it was just kind of like, I felt like I was going in circles. Um, it felt like I really, I, I was just going, but they really felt like there was no destination. I was like, you know, you're on a journey, you're on the road, you're moving and you're going somewhere, but you really don't know where it is you're going. Right. It's more like, you know, you're going in circles. And and I think uh, this was probably, I would say around 2013 or so was when I, um came to myself and I came to the realization of my identity and and I felt like that was the time where God actually like uh saw me or that's when I felt like he saw me because it was almost like okay well now I have an idea of what I'm doing and where I'm going and what you know like my purpose now and so Mm -hmm. that's I would say that would be the time where I went from being unseen to seeing was when it now came to fruition what I was supposed to be doing and how right. I was supposed to be living, how I was supposed to be moving. So yeah, um, I, I would I would say that yeah. Well, that's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, really, 
what the heart of this is all about Christ, right? And mm-hmm. when those, when the idea of people feeling unseen and seen came to my mind, mm-hmm. it was really about the moment where Christ mm-hmm. began, began, began to see us. And that's when we begin to see ourselves. Right, and, right, exactly. Um, and that's when I think the adventure of calling begins. Yeah. The adventure to calling begins. Absolutely. And so, um, <laughs> I love that that's what you said, and, and mm. it's amazing. Holy Spirit, you know, this is, this is good, right? right? This is where we start off, and this is where um, this is really where we're headed, right? right? And so, like you said, like, this is my brother. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I've seen Toby go through, like, so many different things, and mm-hmm. not even over the course of five years, over the course of, like, two years. Yeah. And just seeing the, the change and the growth and the obedience to actually follow the calling of, over his life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I've been inspired myself. And I, as soon as I saw what was happening, I was, this was like a calling that I was like, you know what people say? I got to tap into this. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I got to tap into this. <laughs> I got to tap into this. Cause whatever's happening over there, I got to tap into that, that same glory. Um, right. So what I'm really trying to say is like, you know, tapping you, you were able to tap into that. And a lot yeah. of people can't say that for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah. lot of people can't say it. You know, like I found Christ at, and I found, I really felt like I was seen a few years ago and I was mm-hmm. able to, to come into my calling. Some people find Christ and, and feel like they have never understood what their calling is. So, I mean, like with that, mm-hmm. I think we need to understand what a calling is. So how would mm-hmm. you define calling? Okay. So, uh, hold on me. Take my notes. Hold on. <laughs> uh, but before before I define calling, there was something that you said um, that right. I actually want to speak to, which which is very true. Okay. Um, you said uh, that you know some people they find Christ, but just because they find Christ doesn't necessarily mean that they find themselves or they identify with their calling. Right. And that's very true because it, for me, and you know, you said tell my truth, and I'll basically be speaking off of like experiences. Um, and, and also just showing you how the word of God and scripture has kind of, uh, not only led me to where I am, but it's also backed up, you know, some of the things that I've done. Um, <laughs> but there, are, you know, people out like, for, for example, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was, I believe I was 16, wow. 16 going on 17. That's, that's when I can actually say like, for, for 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 real for facts like yo, <laughs> Jesus, you and I, we on this thing together. Everything right. prior to that, I'm not gonna hold you. Like I was, I, you know, my parents are pastors. Nick, you know what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and so I've been in church all my life, but it's it's not like you know I've, I've been in church, but it was out of obligation. It was oh, this is what we do on Sundays. You know, right. my parents are pastors. Um, this time we pray. You know, we we read scripture and all of that, but there was still not that relationship with Christ for myself. It was almost like, you know, an immature way of thinking about it. Like, oh, my parents are pastors. So I know they praying for me. They got me covered. So, you know, I'm, I don't really have to worry about a relationship with Christ on my own because my parents, they got it. But right. when I was, I, I believe it was uh, the summer between my junior and senior year of high school, that was when I gave my life to Christ. And it was so timely. It was not even like I really gave my life to Christ because I wanted to, but it's like the Holy Spirit called me. I right. remember I was in, in, in church a Sunday, I came back home from school and I was home for the summer and I remember I was in church um, and I just felt it in my spirit, just like, yo, 
you really need to make a connection with Jesus right now. And it was like something that I've never felt before. It was no altar call. There was no theatrics. It was nothing. It was just a moment where I, the Holy Spirit convicted me. And it's like I had to, I never felt it before. I never, right. knew, I didn't even know what it was. But I made a decision to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to live for you. And I remember that summer was one of the toughest summers in my life because some of the people that I was involved, it was just, it was a lot going on that summer. And it, it was literally like war, spiritual warfare or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I thank God because well, we got through that. But, you know, saying that I gave my life to Christ at 17, this was what, 20, uh, oh, 16, 17, just like 2016, 2017, around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I didn't really come into my purpose or really understand like, you know, what God had called me or created me to do until I was about age 23. So there was, we call that what, six or seven years of just living for Christ, but not really identifying with why mm. you are. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people, well, let me not say a lot of people, but I know that's something that happens that we can speak to. It's like, right. you know, you can give your life to Christ, but it doesn't really end there. You know, there's a difference between being saved and being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bible does say that, you know, if we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then we'll be saved. I believe that that is the, the grounds and the basis for salvation. I believe right. that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that's it. But but um, in terms of now living a fulfilled life, living in purpose, living in um, right. living out the destiny and living the calling that he's called you to call, like living that out. I, I feel like that's something different and now requires action from you. Right. Um, and so if we want to define calling, um, I believe, well, okay. So I actually break this down because there's a way that I understand now. I, I basically share it the way I understand. So that Please. way it could kind of be whole, whole. So, right. um, there, there, and I think I, I, I mentioned this when uh, I did like the pre thing, but, uh, okay. mm-hmm. um, there's three three aspects to it. There's identity. Okay. Um, there's purpose. Right. And then there's calling. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite scriptures, everybody who knows me knows that my favorite scriptures of my favorite scripture of all time in the entire scripture is Romans 8:28, where it says, um, Rom- Romans 8:28 says, uh, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love love God, right? And yeah. are called according to, to his, purpose. his purpose. Right. And so, right. So that's what we, we, you know, in that scripture, we have two of the three, uh, two of the three things that I just mentioned is that we have called and we have purpose in that scripture. Mm-hmm. But prior to purpose and calling, there's identity. Right. Um, and the reason why I say that is because it's, it's just, just think about it logically. Um, there has to be a what before there can be a why. Right. Okay. Come on. Right. Okay. So if you have a, a, a car has to have an idea, it has to be a car before it can be something that can transport you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to know who you are before you know why you are. Yes. Um, and we know who we are in light of who God is. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that we, uh, Genesis, I believe Genesis 26 to 28, it talks about how we are created in the likeness of God's image. Yes. Um, so we know who we are in light of who Jesus is, in light of who God is, in light of who the Holy Spirit is. That's how we get our identity. Mm-hmm. We cannot know what it is we are here to do or why God created us if we do not know who he is or who we are in him. Right. So that's why I say I- identity is the beginning of everything. And so even with my story, remember, like, 
I gave my life to Christ at one stage of my life, but it's not at that very same stage that I now came into purpose. I mean, it was all a part of the process. Right. It was all a part of the process, but it's not like everything happens. It was a process, Yeah, you know? And so giving my life to Christ and now growing and trying to figure out who I am in him, trying to figure out what my morals are, trying to figure out what my principles are, trying to figure out, you know, what I live my life on, try to figure out, even just having an understanding of the grace of God and understanding that now it's like, I'm in a place now where I've given my life to Christ, but understanding who he is to me. So that way I'm in a position where I know that, okay, there's no condemnation for me just because I've given my life to Christ doesn't mean that I'm going to be perfect from here on out. It just means that I've given my life to somebody who is perfect. So my shortcomings are now accounted for, Mm -hmm. you know, we just come into that full understanding of, okay, identity. Now from identity, then we can move into purpose because once you know who you are, you are, then you can know why you are. You can start to ask those questions. Yeah. All right, Christ, I know you died for me. You know, I know you you um, went to the cross and you you took care of my sin problem mm-hmm. on the cross. You you came that I may have life and life more abundantly. Yes, that's you know? my favorite. Right, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. now, now that I've fully submitted to you and I've given myself to you, what is it that you want me to do? Like, like what what's my end of the bargain? Yeah. And, um... And thinking about it like that, it's just like, okay, cool. For me, and I, I guess when we speak about experiences, um, the time that this came to be for me in terms of when I figured out what my purpose was, mm-hmm. was, was a time when I, w- I was already in grad school. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. This, this, listen, God, let the man tell the story. Tell right, the story. right. <laughs> I, 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 I was already in grad school. Anybody in their right mind would, would be like, wait a minute. I'm not going to jump and do no education. I'm not going to do nothing or whatever the case is. If I don't already have it all figured out, if I already know the path and the journey. And like I said, I feel like there are two, um, there are two types of, two major types of paths. Um, you have those who, uh, when they grow up, like maybe from like a young age, it's like they, they have aspirations from like a young age. Like, you know, I know cats who are like, you know, from age four, age five, I want to be a doctor when I grow up. Mm -hmm. And then they pretty much spend the rest of their maybe childhood, uh, teen years, young adult life. And even from there, you know, just working to attain that goal, working to achieve and accomplish that, Mm -hmm. um, become the doctor. And and so for some people, you could say that, oh, this is my calling. I received this calling from, from such a young, it's it's like there was a desire to do this. And so I just followed and I pursued it. Right. And, and then there are those of us who like, well, for me, um, I knew that when I was a kid, um, it was something different every week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> One week it was a firefighter and a policeman, then baseball player, the right. wrestler and, you know, all, everything under the sun. I wanted to do it all. I mean, I mean, counting sesame seeds on the burger buns at McDonald's. <laughs> You know, uh, I don't know, uh, be a jeweler, be a business owner, whatever, all of those right. things, right? Um, but, you know, and I'm not saying that there, there's a right or wrong. It's just they're, they're, everybody has a different path. And for right. me, mm-hmm. my path has more so been, okay, it's a daily thing. Um, when I fully came to myself, it was like, God, God, it's like, it's almost funny because the the, the Bible says, um, in Psalms 30, uh, 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, one, one thing I could definitely attest to that and say that that's very true, because when I started to see God in terms of, you know, okay, God, I'm, what, what am I here to do? 
what am I supposed to be doing here? Um, it got to a place where uh, God started to feed me with what I it's, it's not like I went and told God, oh, God, this is what I want to do. But it's like God deposited deposited it within me. And it's like I said it with my own mouth. But it mm. was God who actually gave me the desire. Yeah, That's yeah, why I exactly. said, you know, delight yourself. And he would give you the desires of your heart. So the things that I things that I didn't even know I want, he put in my mouth to say to him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I remember um, I was in my apartment. This was when I was like, well, I was 23. This was back in like probably April or March or whatever of 2013. And I remember telling the Lord, like, you know, I feel like once I finish this degree in urban planning, um, that I'm probably still going to be unfulfilled. I'll probably go get a job and all of that in the field, but I, I still feel like there's, there's more to, I know that this is not where it ends. It's just not this. And, um, and then that's when God began to speak to me. It's like, you know, I've given you the gift of music since birth. Um, and it was from there that, you know, the Lord began to help me develop and form like, you know, my purpose in, in him. It's like, yo, and my dream has been from since then, it's like, okay, so, what do you desire to do? What is your dream? But it's like, I felt like God was the one who gave this to me. It's like, yo, to travel the world and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ through preaching, teaching the music, arts, and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that. You know what I'm saying? That was that was when that came to me. So um, from that point on, it's like, okay, now it's like figuring out what can I do to get this to come to pass? You get what I'm saying? Right. Because I know God has already written the story. God has already placed this desire within me. So I know it's already done. It's already completed. It's just now a matter of me doing the legwork to figure it out. So that's when things like On the Rock Movement uh, start to come into play. That's when, you know, I start getting more involved heavy with like youth ministries mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Urban ministries. I'm a very urban guy. And it actually makes a whole bunch of sense because at the time I was in grad school studying urban planning. Urban planning. I was about to say that. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, this. what's so interesting about all of this is like, one way or another, you still sort of somehow ended up in exactly. a path that aligned with the calling that God right. had for your life. Exactly. Exactly. Before I even knew what the calling was. <laughs> okay. And it- so that's, and see, that's, that's, that's how you know, like, um, a surrendered life is a life that won't, um, go unanswered. Yes. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, because I was already, even if I wasn't, it doesn't even matter because God, here's how God works. God can take any, there's nothing that you've ever been through that would ever be wasted. God will right. take any and everything and use it for his glory. That's what it says here in Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things, the good, mm-hmm. the bad, the ugly, work together for the good. good. Yeah. So even if it's, if your story is just straight bad and ugly, the outcome is still going to be good. It's still going to be good. But what's the qualification for it? For those who love God mm-hmm. and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And so even if the, like, like, and I always like, like, for example, the perfect example of this is, um, the thief who died. I think, I believe it was a thief who died on the cross next to Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He spent his entire life, you know, thieving, stealing, <laughs> robbing people. Just doing wrong. Just, right, 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 right. Just running up on people like, Oh, uh-huh. run that watch. When your wallet, give me them shackles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like doing doing all that. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, at almost at the point of his death, was presented with an opportunity, and it's almost like God wiped out every, like it's everything that he did prior to that. It's like it didn't matter. Matter, yeah. It didn't matter because from that moment, it's like okay, Jesus even said to him, "From this day on, you shall be with me in paradise." 
And so I look at that and say, there's nothing that you've ever been through that would ever be wasted. Because even in that particular situation where, yo, you've spent an entire lifetime of just doing wrong and sinning and just living in an unrighteous and a filthy life or whatever, right. at the point of your death, the story, the moral of the story is to show us that, like, yo, like, even after everything he's done, God is still faithful, merciful, and gracious to now allow him into the kingdom because he accepted Christ into his life. And so right. it's like it goes to show that everything that he's been through prior to that was not wasted because all of that was used to show how God is gracious and merciful. Exactly. So there's always going to be the mor a moral of every story, no mm -hmm. matter how bad, no matter how ugly it is. And so for me, you know, even giving my life to Christ at the time I did, but not coming into my purpose until I did, God still had my life in alignment. You mm -hmm. know, because I started undergrad as a chemistry major and then uh, switched over to um, geography with the mm -hmm. plan of doing urban planning, not knowing that, you know, I was called or going to be doing urban ministry. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so so that's kind of how that whole thing goes. So yeah. now when, when we talk about the calling itself, um, because you have to have a purpose, you have to understand your purpose before you're called. I feel like it, it, it works together. It says for those who are, are called according to his purpose. Right. So it's not even our purpose. It's his purpose. His purpose. Right. You know, um, you don't have a purpose on your own. You have a purpose in Christ. Yeah. He created you. He created this whole situation. This whole agenda is all him. So it's like you are like a chess piece on the chessboard. You know what I'm saying? You work, you, like, you work into his plan. You work into everything that he's doing. Um, it's not that you out here doing your own thing. It's like you're doing everything in accordance to his will, in accordance to the way he, like, he has a life set up for you and he has everything in, in, in place for you. You just have to walk the walk. It's on you to walk that walk. And so when it comes to the calling, um, one thing that a lot of people don't understand is that everybody's called. Everybody's called. There's, there's no, like, if God created you, first of all, he created you and he gave you identity. He was, you were created in him. You are created in the likeness of his image. So right. you're in Christ, right? Then he's giving you purpose. God is not going to, God doesn't create fillers. That's, that's not how God operates. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, for us, sometimes we will do things and, you know, like, 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 for example, God is very meticulous and very calculated with everything he's done. He's perfect like that. He's, I mean, if you look at the whole creation of the entire universe, you will see that. Like, you every, like, they said that if the earth was, like, what, maybe a centimeter off access to the right or a centimeter off access to the left, like, it, it wouldn't be good for nobody. Mm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, those, like, to that, that level of detailing where everything is so intricately placed and everything is perfected. It's like, that goes to show you that God doesn't make any mistakes with anything. Um, so, when he creates any, like when anybody's here, everybody who's alive, everybody who's on the face of the planet right now, everybody was called to create it with a purpose. Right. Now, you're calling. Everybody's called, but not everybody responds. Exactly. Um, the Bible says that for many are called, but few are chosen. And everybody's called. I feel like God has given everybody purpose and God has given everybody a task. God has given everybody something to live for, something to do. Um, but you're in a position where... Um, you being chosen is determined by how you respond to the call. Because first you're called, then yes. you're sent. First okay. you're called, and then you're sent. Like, for example, Yank, if mom was to, if mom wanted you to do something, she would call you first. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever. You have to respond, and then she would give you the task or the assignment or whatever. Exactly. And what's happening is, you know, God is calling, people aren't responding. And because they're not responding, 
you know, the task is not being given. You're not being sent. You're not, the instructions is not being given or the instructions is not being received because you haven't responded to the call first. Right. And so exactly. with us, I feel like we, we are in that place where we need to just, um, just identify, first of all, uh, with who we are in him. And then also now trying to figure out why we are in him. Right. Um, God has created us with special gifts, special talents. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's exactly. unique in their own way, you know? And so it's through all of that, that you, even now you find that alignment of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm great at drawing, you know what I'm saying? And now like, oh, you know, I have interest in graphic design and then this and that. And it's like, everything lines up. Yes. God will give you a gift. And that would like the Bible says the gift shall, your gift shall make way for you and bring you before great men. And so exactly. it's like, everybody has that. Everybody has something that, that is going to make them stand out. That's going to make them unique. Um, yeah. But it all, it all ties down to answering the call first. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, like, honestly, a lot of the questions that I have written down, you pretty much answered. In, oh, Lord. Oops. In, um, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's totally fine. That just, you know, like, it goes to show that when you understand mm-hmm. what, um, what God means and what God can do for your life and when you understand that there is in fact a difference between identity and that there is in fact a, a difference between purpose and calling and but in one way or another they all align together yeah, right. and you know as I was like going through the process of just trying to make sense of all of this mm-hmm. because of course I can understand it but I have to also relate in a way that others can understand it and i'm so glad that you actually broke down identity purpose and calling because mm-hmm. i i had to take the time and do that too right mm-hmm. like for for identity what i've come to understand it's it's who we experience ourselves to be right right and i i think the fact that you were able to 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 differentiate um our identity in christ mm-hmm. um and our identity before Christ right. is really so powerful. And I, I had a question written down that I, I was having such a hard time to kind of like word it, yeah. but what I'm really, what I, what I wanted to like, kind of like touch on a little bit was like, um, do you think that like our identity out inside of the body of Christ is separate from our identity in the world? Mm. Can they ever combine? Can they ever clash? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I think it can simply mm-hmm. because, you know, like thinking about the man um, who was on the beside Jesus Christ when he was being about to be crucified right. and him um, being worldly, being in the world and um, being a thief and doing all the criminal acts, committing sins upon sins upon sins. And mm-hmm. his life, once he came into the body of Christ, his mm-hmm. life somehow still was able to be glorified God was still able to be glorified through right right but I think what I'm really trying to understand is is how can we understand that mm-hmm. though we are in the world we are not of it yeah. and how our identity sort of plays this massive role in who we become who we who we decide to be tomorrow mm. Mm. so okay so that's an excellent 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 question um and I feel like that's that's something that a lot of people struggle with because it's funny. I was just having this conversation with um, a couple of youth leaders earlier this week. Okay. Um, but here's what I'll say, and and thank God for grace, right? Thank God. Yes. Thank, thank God for His grace because um, the way the way I understand grace 
right now is um, it's just now there not being a uh, requirement for us mm-hmm. to be perfect. Then yeah. there not being a requirement for us to be blameless, to be faultless, to be stainless, for us to be perfect in all imaginations of the word. Um, when we look at, you know, just the Old Testament, right? And we look at the, the Ten Commandments and the Mosaic Law, Levitical Law, basically all of the laws that were given to govern the Hebrews, the Israelites. Um, one thing you notice is that there's, there's, there's a lot to consider. There's a whole lot to consider. And then there are also promises um, that come with that. Like I know in the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about how um, if, if, you, if you fail to keep the law, if you fail to keep any one of these laws or whatever the case is, that, you know, there, there's going to be some repercussions or some consequences. If you, now, if you do succeed in upholding all of these laws, then you shall receive the blessings and all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm grateful for God's grace, right? And so I say all of that to say this is that in the end, um, you are who you are in Christ. Now, one thing I will say is that the moment you give your life to Christ, it now becomes an evolving relationship. It becomes something that grows. Um, you become you you begin to learn more about who you are in him. You begin to identify with who you are in him. And at this point, it's like, all right, even though I started this way. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna like, like you know, and that's one one thing I know is like because for me I'm always changing, you know, I'm, I'm always changing, and so it's like I may start liking this thing and I may start doing this, mm-hmm. but as I continue to grow, you know, the things that are not really desirable to God or the things that aren't really pleasing to God or whatever the case is, those things in essence, if I'm growing properly or whatever, would yeah. somehow in some way, shape, or form find their way to the door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the more yeah. I worship, the more I press into God's presence, um, the 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 less, or you know, in, in essence, the less I should desire. You know, now some in some cases, uh there, there's some things that are harder to let go of or whatever the case is, but in essence, it's just like if there's that conscientious decision and awareness that you know, God, I want to be more like you every day, and you're proclaiming that and you're professing that. I am the righteousness of God. I am God's um, child. I am created in his identity. You know, and you start to align yourself with the things that he has in store for you. You start to become the person that he created you to be. Um, With that being said, um, I believe that everybody has one identity. Um, Mm -hmm. You know who you are in him. So the idea of you being something outside of him, it's, it's there. But once you're in him, there shouldn't be any tussle or any back and forth. It's either you're for him or you're against him. It's either you're with him or you're not. The scripture talks about you cannot serve two masters. So if you're in Christ, you're in Christ. If you're you're not, but it has to be one or the other. It can't be like, oh, Sundays I'm in church and this is what I'm jacking and this is how I'm moving. And then Monday through Friday, we doing this. You know, it can't be like that. And so one thing that I do know is that, you know, for us, we have to maintain that consistency. Uh-huh. The way I, the way everybody sees me in church is, is the way, you know, I want people to see me outside of church. Right. I want to be who I'm supposed to be in him. And it's whoever I'm supposed to be in Christ is supposed to be accepted. Uh, I want to be accepted by both the church and by both the world. You know, now mm-hmm. I hate splitting up the two because it's like, it's almost as if like, you know, that, that has become the two paradigms in which we, we live as Christians. Like it's like in the yeah. body of Christ and then outside the body of Christ. But it's like, no, like, you know, I, I know um, 
Jesus, even when Jesus was praying in the book of John, I can't remember what chapter, but he was saying that, you know, I pray that you not take them out of the world, but you keep them from the evil one, which basically means that, yo, you guys are going to be who you are in this world that you're in, you know, but I'm going to make sure that I keep you covered in it. And so for me, it's like, you know, like if, if I was a politician, for example, you know, they people say, you know, politics is dirty and, you know, all of that or whatever cases, but I'm not going to be in the political sphere playing the political game. I'm still going to hold my values and my morals and be who I am in the political world, right. just as I would in, in Christendom. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, it's like just the understanding of you have one identity. It's either you're mm -hmm. in Christ or you're not, as opposed to, um, oh, I'm in Christ when I'm around Christ folk, and yeah. then I'm doing me when I'm out of that circle. You get what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like you got to be consistent. Um, exactly. that's just how, that's how I see that. That's how I've, that's how I've come to live, you know? And then for me, it's also, uh, because like, again, I'm, I'm a very urban kind of guy. I've, right. uh, you know, just, I'm into, very into pop culture, very to <laughs> the streets, if you will. It's kind of weird, yeah. but I'm, in, I'm into the streets, but not like <laughs> on the tip of, you know, like, I mean, I know a lot, you know what I'm saying? I, mm -hmm. I know a lot, you know, I, I read up on a lot of things. I do a lot of research. Clearly I, I'm a reader type situation. I get. Yeah. But um, with all of that being said, it's like still yet, no matter where I find myself, I still try to be true to who I am and true to who Christ called me to be, as opposed right. to being this individual that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jacking this one. I'm like, you know, I don't change who I am depending on what circle I'm in. I try yeah, to be exactly. consistent all across the board because who I am is who I am, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so that's, that's what I would say in, in, in regards to that. You know, I know there are people out here who are struggling with their identity because it's like, Okay, yeah, even though I'm moving like this, I'm being accepted by Christian folk, but it's now putting me at odds with people who aren't, you know, Christians or believers. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, um, at, at my job, you know what I'm saying? I'm not required to wear a uniform. So what does Toby wear to work every single day? OTR. Exactly. <laughs> I'm an o OTR apparel. Now, regardless of, like, I know I'm going into a workspace where, you know, not everybody is Christian, maybe not even anybody Christian. Who knows? Who knows? But I know that me being who I am and what my assignment is, is to make sure that I go out into all the world. And, and, and it's like I'm a promoter. I'm a promoter. And I'm inviting everybody to this Jesus party that's about to go down. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so, yeah, it's like that's, that's what it is. And so I got to go out there and I got to make sure that I'm representing not just myself, but I'm representing him. Because in essence, I really don't have anything to represent outside of him. Like, I always tell everybody, if I decided to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not walking with you no more, whatever. Like, I'm going to walk away from the gospel. I'm going to walk away from believing in you and all of that. Then I legit have nothing else to live for. I would say that. I have nothing else to live for because I've committed everything that I have, everything that I am to Christ Jesus. And so for me, like, going to work and just always being on the rock, and that's where it all comes to, like, culture trying to, fuse Jesus with whatever culture is, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever culture is mm -hmm. out there. Jesus does not transcend any culture. I mean, he actually transcends all cultures. You know, um, there is no culture that exists. Um, basically, wherever you have humans, there's culture. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? But what we've done is we've, redu we've reduced Jesus to, to church culture. At least the majority of people have reduced Jesus to church culture because there's so many times where like I'm in OTR gear and people ask me like, yo, is that a church? Or, you know, and it's like, nah. Yeah. Nah, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Like, you and know, I it's just... I think that that's um, 
sorry to cut you off, but I, yeah. I, I actually think it's it's kind of interesting because you mentioned earlier how um um like what we tend to do is like separate the worlds and yeah. we are also in a generation where like we do separate the these mm-hmm. two uh, stratospheres. Um mm-hmm. but what I think is so is is really really cool is as much as people are trying to separate it, you still mm-hmm. have a huge group of people that are mm-hmm. like put together and right. uh, OTR, right? OTR right. is a movement. It's not just a musical studio, but it's a, a, a experience. And that's where OTR brush play. And then right. you have the clothing line. It's urban wear. Mm-hmm. Most people don't associate Christ and, 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 and urban wear or urban music or pop culture. And right. yet some way, somehow, those two things still manage to come together and you right. find groups of people who are, for example, podcasts. You don't think mm-hmm. about Christ on a podcast. Right. You just don't think about that. You don't mm-hmm. think about um um having like uh concerts for to worship Christ. You don't right. think about that. And I think one um a, one group of um worshipers that I um minister I think really 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 just pushes christ in a setting that most people are not used to and they're not really that comfortable with with but they're getting comfortable with is like for example elevation church right. elevation worship the music that mm-hmm. they're creating and the mm-hmm. type of atmospheres that elevation church creates transformation mm-hmm. church those mm-hmm. don't look like churches they look no. like stadiums and yeah. I'm really, really excited to see how this generation mm-hmm. takes their identity in Christ and inserts it into the world. Into the world, right, right. right. Because sometimes that's, that's exactly to, it. Yeah. Yeah. We got to speak in a language that they can understand. Exactly, exactly. So the idea, in essence, shouldn't be that, okay, we in church on Sundays and then every other day we do our own thing, but there should be this fusion. I know a lot of people who are just like, yo, the reason why I haven't come to the church or the reason why I, you know, haven't given my life to Christ yet is because, you know, I feel like once I do that, I'm going to have to give this up and give that up and mm-hmm. in essence, all mm-hmm. of that. But it's like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do all of that. Don't get me wrong. Like, there may be practices and things that you do right now that may not necessarily align with what God has in store for you, but it's a process. You know what I'm saying? Like, people think that, oh, I have to come perfect. No, the whole point of you coming is because you're imperfect and you're coming... Yeah, and you're coming to merge and join with somebody who is. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? And so, for me, I I mean, that that has been the story of my life, too, because there was a time where, for me, it's like, oh, man, like, yo, I'm failing at this, so I'm doing this, so I'm doing... I always used to think it was like, yo... It's out of my own strength that, yo, I should be doing much better with this. I should be doing much better with that. When in all actuality, it's just like, okay, so, yes, you ought to be doing better, but know that you don't have to put all this pressure on yourself because you are connected. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, for now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, you know, yes. who walk according to the Spirit, you know. And so, so long as you're making that effort, you know, and you're proclaiming, you know, where you desire to be, not where you are, but where you desire to be, like, yeah, things are going to turn up. Things are going to turn out. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, we should be our, so we should be our very Jesus-loving Christian selves no matter where we at. That's just mm-hmm. what it is. You you have to, um, it's, it's almost like being a, 
Like uh, it, it's funny because you know I was um uh, I, I'm gonna I'm shout out Ify, Ify, hey. uh, yeah, my homie Ify. Ify is always jacking OTR. Every time I yes. see Ify, Ify is always in a menstrual shirt of some sort or something like that. And she mm-hmm. like no matter ministrations, everything. Oh, uh, we was in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. If he had like it was so great to be in another city and see it's OCR it. in the building. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. If we were both, it was crazy. You know what I'm saying. And so, um, it's funny because I was like, Yo, if you're like an OCR ambassador, why do I say that? Because every time I see you, it's like you are a representation of OCR. You're always having OCR gear on. So it's like when mm-hmm. when when I see you, I is like when people see that they associate you with that. It's funny. I was having a conversation with um <laughs> with one of my coworkers yesterday. So one of my coworkers, um, he and his cousin, they work for the company. Um, and so he was asking his cousin, yo, have you seen Toby today? Um, he was like, Who's Toby? We got somebody who work here by the name of Toby. He was like, <laughs> Yeah. He was like, um, uh the 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 A V coordinator. He was like, Oh, on the rock. It's like yeah, and so you see, <laughs> right? And, and, and in essence, that's wow. what you want. That's the, in essence, that's what you like. There are people who legit just yo, Mister On the Rock. Like that's what people call me. But it's like, of course, you're calling me that because that's who I'm representing. And so, in essence, mm-hmm. as Christians, that's also where we should be. It's like, hey yo, Jesus freak, hey yo, Jesus lover, hey yo, Jesus jacket. Like that's that's how we want to be identified. Because mm-hmm. in the end of the day, you are representing a brand. You are representing. A lifestyle. You are representing a way of life. You are representing somebody who has came and and made the way for you to be. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you know, even my dad tells me, and it's kind of like it, it. It's all in alignment with this. My dad is like, you know, when you guys step out, remember the home that you come from. When you yeah. are out there in the world, you are a representation of this household, of this family. Yes. It's the same thing with the kingdom of God. When you are out there in the world, you are a representation of your father. Yep. Yes. So no matter where you are, no matter what it is you're doing, <laughs> and, and I'm not, I'm not like, like, you know, for what, wherever you at, because like, even for me, I can speak to this as well. I know I got a couple of raised eyebrows when, uh, you know, cause I'm a musician. And when I took on some secular gigs, I got a couple of raised eyebrows, mm-hmm. you know, but what a lot of people didn't understand was that, yeah, you know, for me, it was a tussle because I was struggling with how people will perceive some of these moves that I was making, knowing that God sent me. God was the one, like, yeah, hello, can you hear me? Thank you. There. Oh, yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Okay, cool. So it's like, God would, God was the one who opened these doors and gave me some of these opportunities. But because, you know, some of these environments or some of these gigs is not in alignment with some of the uh, theology that people had, you know, stuffed down their throat, it's like, Yo, Tobe, how can you go play for this artist? Or Tobe, how can you do this for this artist? Well, mm-hmm. the Bible says it's not um, what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out. So, in essence, I'm not on these gigs, loser. I'm on these gigs as Toby the Minstrel. Mm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, uh, so you already know a minstrel is a um, uh, um, a worshiper who worships God uh, with a musical instrument. Right. So whether you sing, whether you play an instrument, whatever, you are a minstrel. And when I take these gigs or whatever the case is, no matter who we're playing, but I think I had an Instagram post. I posted up an Instagram a couple years ago. It was a uh, a post that uh, it was a photo that was taken when we were playing with um Fino. Yes. Um, the rap, yeah, we was playing with Fino, and there was a post, uh, a picture that was taken. And I post that picture, and I think my caption was, you know, no matter where I'm at 
or no matter who I'm playing behind, I always know who I'm playing for and why he sent me. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right, because if we don't go in those spaces, then how are they hearing about Jesus Christ? Exactly. I can't tell you the amount of times where in those environments I've had an opportunity to to put Jesus on note, uh, put Jesus on display. And put the world on notice that Jesus Christ is seated on the throne of glory. Right. You know what I'm saying? Every time when somebody comes up to you and says, yo, man, I love your plan. Yo, you were smashing today. This, that, and the third. I direct the glory back to Jesus. Oh, man, give glory to God, man. Give glory to God. Give glory to God. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, no, 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 no. I'm I'm showing you love. God ain't had nothing to do with this. And then and then now I correct you. Now yeah. I correct you. You, you. you see what I'm saying? It's just, yo, at the end of the day, if we completely abandon the world because we want to stay in our quarters or because, oh, well, yeah, they're doing that now. Like, let's be real, Yank. Um, I used to work as a, uh, and this is just another example, just to show you how, like, yo, in essence, like, we we have to stop being judgmental and we have to also stop being so just religious. Jesus did not come so we can have religion. We already had that before he showed up. He came so that we can have a relationship with him, you know, and he came so that grace can be, uh, um, grace can be poured out on us. I used to work as a um, uh, resident assistant director at a residence hall in Hunter College. Um, mm-hmm. And while I was there, mind you, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm growing in the faith and whatnot. However, in the in the residence life office, there were um, there was a bowl that was filled with condoms, and as the office of residence life or whatever, uh, one of our jobs was just to make sure that we were encouraging the students to have safe sex. Now, there's a little bit of a mm. disparity here. Yeah, because as a Christian, what my faith tells me is that premarital sex is wrong. There's no way around that's fornication. You know what I'm saying? Premarital. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, in that whole residence hall, everybody's an undergrad. Ain't nobody in that building married. Should nobody be having sex? So I should take this little, I should take this bowl of condoms and throw it out in the back somewhere. And no, nobody having access to condoms because nobody should be having sex to begin with. But my job, the policy of my job is telling me that, oh, well, you know, kids are going to do what they want to do anyway. So we should just at least, you know, make sure everybody's safe. So we got to promote safe sex. So even though that's not what I agree with or that's not what I align with, that's not the principle in which I live my life by. You know, that's not what my faith tells me. I still have a job to do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm not going to say that, oh, now because my job is is is, is encouraging safe sex that I'm now going to leave my job. Like, no, that, that would be foolish. But you put in these certain situations where we're living in the world and God has given us these different opportunities or whatever to make an impact, to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, this thing is not necessarily right or doesn't align with my faith, but I'm not going to condemn you. What I will do is I, I will entertain a conversation. I will let you know, oh, I mean, as for me, this is not how I move because of X, Y, and Z, right. but I'm not going to condemn you. Or You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, it was kind of like that. You know, when I was taking on certain gigs and playing behind certain artists or whatever the cases, it was almost like, Toby, how could you? Or this and that and the third. It was like, you know, but in, in my mind, I'm just like, no. Nah, you don't realize the amount of opportunity that I have, like how many people I've ministered to on these platforms. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's all it's it's, it's when we when we talk about you know our identity and our calling and our purpose and who we are, we have to make sure that we're consistent no matter where we are. Right. Where we are, and exactly. it's, it's crazy because yeah, it's yeah I get it. It's like you know we're in a new day and age, and 
the the world has gotten so crazy. So God is calling a lot of people to some very un, unorthodox ministries. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's let's call it like it is. There are some very very extremely unorthodox ministries that are out here. But God is calling every because here's my thing. Everybody's journey is different. Yep. And if you hear a call from God and you respond to it, whether other people understand it or not, like that's 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 not on you. You you know what I'm saying? Like you you should not be intimidated because right. God will take yeah, care of the rest. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie. When I when we did the first OTR day party, right? Yeah. Um when I was coming up with the concept, there were people who told me, like, yo, told, I don't think this is a good idea. They were like, told, like, there's no way, like, people were telling me, like, yo, there's no way. I mean, I, I had my close circle who was on for me. Everybody, you know, supported me. But there were other people, like, you know, they were like, yo, wait, OTR is a, like, you know, so it's a Christian thing or whatever. And I said, I wouldn't say it's a Christian thing. I would just say it's a Christ thing, you know, because even when you talk about Christianity, then we start getting into different denominations that, yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it becomes a whole, you know, so it's like, no, no, listen, like. I'm just Team Jesus. Let's put it that way. I read my word. <laughs> I try to like, like, and that's where OTR comes from. It's just like, yo, he who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I read my word. Right. I try to that's live my house. life according. Yeah, right. Live my life according <laughs> to his will. And uh, yo, that that's what it is. But the idea that okay, now you trying to throw a whole day party, like how is that going to work? Like. You know, Jesus and the day for like, and people like now it started to become like mixed, it started to, to become confusion, it. right? It started to become confusion. But what they didn't realize is that you know, see, you guys understand day party, but you guys only understand it in a certain light. You got to understand that yep. Jesus, because now here's my thing, and the reason why I did it this way, or the reason why I was inspired to do it, is because for us who grew up in church, we can walk into church and, and feel okay and be comfortable. Church culture is not foreign to us because we grew up in it. Okay. We're used to it. But for those who've never experienced church culture, chances are they may not find Jesus in the church unless they're brought to a church. And even if you're brought to a church, there's still a there's still going to be culture shock. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. still going to be a cultural barrier that you got to get through. But right. if yeah, if you partying every weekend, if you hitting the day parties, you hitting the brunches, you doing all of that, and now we bring Jesus into that. It's like we're bringing Jesus into your comfort zone. People yes. weren't understanding that. People were seeing, oh, how could you mix Jesus with this? You know what right. goes on in these kinds of environments. How can you bring Jesus into that? And what I'm, what you know, in essence, what I was trying to do was I was trying to create an atmosphere and an environment where people can be comfortable with what they're familiar with, but introducing Jesus in a scope that they're familiar with. You get what yeah. I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of like the Trojan horse. I've been talking about the Trojan horse a lot lately. For all of those who probably <laughs> listen to this podcast, they'll know, oh, Ted Tove, go with this Trojan horse again. Um, <laughs> I believe that the, the, the concept of the Trojan horse, in my opinion, would probably be one of the most effective ways that we can actually create change in the Christian community. And the reason why I say that is because the so the tro the way the Trojan horse works is um, I, I hope I explained it right, and if I don't, y'all y'all can look it up and, and y'all can get what I'm saying. But in <laughs> essence, <laughs> in essence, what it is is um, I believe it was the Greeks and the Romans. They were at war. Um, the Trojan is Roman, so I would assume that it was the Romans who who presented the Trojan horse as a gift to the Greeks or whoever they were at war with. Now, whoever they were at war with, they had a fortified wall to the city. You cannot, you couldn't penetrate the wall. You couldn't get into the city. So 
and and they also had like the wall was very high, and so they mm-hmm. everybody in the city was at like the the army of the city was at an advantage because every time the Romans would approach or whatever the case is, they'll be on the low ground. And as they're approaching the wall, everybody who's on top of the wall, you know, you have archers and all of that. So basically, if you're in war, because I, I love military type stuff, in war, it's always good to have the high ground. You, you're at an advantage if you're fighting downward as opposed to having to fight upward. Um, and so what, they, what the Romans realize is that, yo, we cannot penetrate the wall. We can't get in or whatever. So let's present them with a gift. So they created this. It was like a huge statue, the wooden Trojan horse type of statue. Oh, that's the Trojan horse. Okay, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Right, right. Yeah. And it was, the Trojan horse itself was hollow on the inside. So what some of the Roman soldiers did was they hid inside of the Trojan horse. Yes. So when they presented the horse as a gift, it's like, okay, they oh, like, you know, you present it, you package it as this nice thing or whatever the case is. But within that nice thing, there's a... Uh, this pretty much your your demise, if you will. Yeah, in a sense, in the state of the Trojan horse. But now flipping that concept to like nowadays, uh, you know, just how we're how I'm applying it now is just like okay, presenting to people what they're familiar with. The Trojan horse. You get what I'm saying? It's it's presentable. This is something that we're used to, this is something that we're accustomed to. But within that Trojan horse is something that's gonna spark change. It's something that's gonna challenge ideas, it's something that's gonna challenge the way we think or the way we've been thinking over time. Um so a perfect example, um, I experienced this um a couple years ago when I went to uh Ty Tribbett's um, mentorship conference. Um mm-hmm. and it, it was perfect because before Ty even spoke on this. KJ Scriven was, uh, um, he was doing like, I think he was doing uh, praise and worship before that session. And as he was doing praise and worship, he came out and he started singing, like, you know, started with singing songs that we knew, songs that were common to us. And then by the time he ended his set, we were all singing a song that nobody knew, that nobody heard before. And mm. so the thing is, because KJ presented us with stuff that we already knew and he presented us with things that were already familiar when it was time for him to now present a little bit of himself, okay, this is my song. I know nobody's going to know these lyrics, but by the time we're done with this worship session, we're all going to be singing it. It's because basically we we trusted him. That's what it was. So it's like, you know, he started singing things that we knew he made us comfortable, and now he presented something that we didn't know, and we were open and receptive to it because he didn't just come at us with this new stuff and everybody's just standing around like, yo, what's going on? He came at us with something that we were familiar with initially. And then out of that familiarity, he brought something new that right. we've never experienced. And that's pretty much the concept of the Trojan horse. It's like, you know, I understand that it's going to be a gradual process, but we have to present things that are familiar first. Yeah. Before we bring out that new... T- and it's like, it has to be gradual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so exactly. for me, that's, that's kind of how, like, you know... The, the OTR day party it was in that same mindset and that same frame. Like, yo, we having the brunch, we having the day party. Y'all know I love y'all. Y'all love y'all chicken and waffles and mac and cheese and uh-huh. great music and all that. <laughs> in the name of OTR. And y'all come out and, you know, we worship and we fellowship and we release this yes. clothing line and all of that. And it was, you know, yeah. and to God be the glory, you know. And then even when we did the second one, it was even crazier. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Where it's just like, it was more established, you know? Yeah. The identity and everything was even more clear. And that's because, you know, we presented it as a Trojan horse. People bid on it like, yo, last year was good. We showing up to the next one. Mm-hmm. And the next one, the next one, and we're going to keep taking right. it and, and to the point where it's like, okay, urban and urban culture and Jesus Christ is going to be like, yo, like, that's a thing. 
Yeah, it's like exactly. you know, I you know, I, I really, really want to push this thing to the point where people are like, man, like we can't imagine urban culture without Jesus Christ in it. Exactly, exactly. Just like I, I definitely think we're getting to that place right now. I feel like I see it happening, and I'm so excited. Like, what a time to be alive! <laughs> right, right, like, yeah. right. And right. I think, um, you know, um, all of this to me. Like, I really feel like, I think I said it earlier, was that, like, mm -hmm. calling, in a way, is our lifestyle. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is a lifestyle perspective. And mm -hmm. it's the depth of what what this podcast is all about, just exploring right. and discovering. And um, I asked everybody this question. What does mm -hmm. a lifestyle perspective mean to you? Lifestyle, lifestyle perspective? Yes. Okay. So, um, like, okay, so lifestyle lifestyle perspective like when we break that down it's like okay lifestyle obviously it's the way you live right um how you carry yourself mm -hmm. and so for me uh like i would say my lifestyle is a lifestyle of worship um in essence because awesome. you know what's worship it's like worship is reverencing of god and you know just acknowledging him and everything that you do with making sure that whatever it is that you are doing is glorifying to him you get so yeah that's when awesome. we talk about now lifestyle, it's just like if, if that's what I'm doing, if my every move, if everything I'm saying, everything I'm doing is in some way, shape, or form supposed to yield and reflect his glory, then that that becomes a lifestyle of worship. Yeah. Right. Now the perspective of that lifestyle. So now when we say perspective, is it's how other people view how I live my life. You okay. know what I'm saying? So yeah. now it now becomes a thing of okay, um living my life. To please God or living whatever my lifestyle is, but now also making sure that my life is an example to everyone else. I feel like the perfect scripture to define lifestyle perspective is uh, Romans 12, okay. um, where it says, um, how, how we say it? Hold on. I know it's like a what, memory verse is on the top of my mind. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, crap, hold on. Give me a second. Romans, uh, the, whole, the whole verse? No, no, just like verse, verses one and two. Um, if I recall, it says, uh, yeah, I'd be, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, I was, yeah, because I know it in New King James Version, so I was just like, yeah, how does this start? It says, uh, uh -huh. I beseech you, therefore, um, by the mercies of God, that you will present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, for this, for this is your reasonable service. And then, and then mm -hmm. it goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed with the renewing of your mind. So that way, yeah you, yeah, you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so I feel like yeah. this is the perfect for, uh, uh, like, perfect to define lifestyle perspective only because it's like, you know, saying present yourselves as living sacrifice, mm -hmm. holy and acceptable right. to God, which is your reasonable service. Your reasonable service. Yeah. So when we talk about service, and serving, ser servitude, uh, servanthood, service, it's like mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with you but everybody around you. Yeah. Exactly. Right? And so if you're saying, like, present yourself this way, this and that, for it's your reasonable service, because it's your reasonable service, this is basically what you need to be doing for everybody around you. For the benefit of everybody around you, do this. You know? Mm -hmm. And then it says, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed with the renewing oh of your God. mind mm -hmm. so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, and so 
Yeah, so that's why when I say, because when you talk about perspective, it's all about uh, views. It's all about yes, how it's perceived, mm -hmm. how, yes. how, it's, uh, how people look at it or whatever the case is. So it's mm -hmm. like, you talk about lifestyle perspective, it's how people view the way you live your life. So I look at it as how you, not only how you live, but how you choose to be an example to the people who surround you. It's your, it's your reasonable right. service. So yeah. living your life in a way where you're, your life is is doing others a great service, not a disservice. Yeah. And that's it. Ooh, it's so hard. First of all, you've just been yeah. preaching all, all all day. Just preaching. Oh. Um, <laughs> we just, we, we just lots chatting. Of <laughs> lots of gems. Yeah. But this is like a regular conversation with Toby. So yeah. if, if you really, if you, if you, if you know Toby, you know that the, mm. there's going to be a conversation that does not add value. So, mm. Yeah, thank God. Um, we glory yeah, to God. Wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Nearing the end, um, okay. but I got. I want you to um, answer, share. Okay. You know, it's not really a question, but it's maybe like a form of um, encouraging others or motivating them. And mm -hmm. this is just what is one affirmation that in your calling? Um. Oh. Okay. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get real. Let's get real. I mean, we've been real this whole time, but you know, I feel like when we talk in encouragement, um, I feel like encouragement stems best for it's like yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like when you up, you up. But mm -hmm. who's in need of encouragement more is the people who are down. Right. And so we could go to a place in my life where it was just like, OK, like all hope was lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, I remember um, these past two Decembers, December of 2017 into January 2018 and then December of 2018 into January 2019, I experienced uh, just some some real life trying uh, experiences, you know, um, experienced a, a very, very bad breakup. Um, and also, uh, th this was, uh, December, 2017, uh, to January, 2018. And mm -hmm. then also December, 2018 to January, 2019, I was hospitalized, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, mm -hmm. when I look at, you know, these, these, are uh, these moments or these times or whatever the case is, I remember that these were the times the most when I, when I had to see God, um, because the, I was reading a book, um, it's called, uh, hope in the dark by Craig Rochelle. That's a plug right there. Um, if anybody, yeah. right. Yeah. I'm saying if, I mean, if anything, if this gets back to, you know, Pastor Greg Rochelle, you know, I'm expecting something, but anyway, um, <laughs> I, I read that book and, and there was something that I read in the book that, that has stuck out to me even now that, that has changed my perspective a bit on, on just the downs in life. He says that mm -hmm. there are ways that we will experience God in the valley that we would never be able to experience him on the mountaintop. Mm. When wow. everything is good and everything is going for you and all of that, like there's, you know, everything is cool. Like, yeah, you're still serving God. Even, even let's, let's be real. You know, there's a tendency to forget or leave God behind when everything is good. We got this God. Oh yeah. Everything is straight. And so when you're on, mm -hmm. when you're on the mountaintop, Serving God or being in great standing with God or whatever the case is, allowing your relationship with Christ to be vibrant and moving and jumping, it's convenient. But yeah. 
when you are now in the valley and the days are dark and everything is like all upside down and, and like there's like you're literally living in the space and in the time and in the mindset that yo, there is no hope. Like you, you experience God differently. You seek God differently. You experience him in a different yes. way. There's a, there's a, there's a level of urgency and a bit of desperation in how you pursue him. Um, and so, um, for me, uh, I remember, um, there was something that the Lord spoke to me, um, that I would never, ever forget because I heard his voice loud and clear. Um, and, and basically when I look at my life and when everybody looks at my life, I want them not to see me, but I want them to see Christ. You know what I'm saying? I want them to see what Christ has done. I don't want them to see, oh, Toby accomplished this or Toby did that or whatever. And that. No, no, no. I want you to see what Christ has done. I want you to see how Christ is working here. Um, there was something that God right. said to me. He said, um, uh, Toby, I don't need you to worry about anything that has happened to you. I just need you to stay focused and get to work. Mm. God told me this when I was, you know, like, in this straight, like, serious place of dealing with, like, anxiety and depression and all of that. And don't get me wrong, mental uh, mental health illnesses and mental health challenges and struggles, they are real. They are very, very real. And I'm not saying that, yo, you should not get... I, I, yeah, I'm a full uh, uh, proponent of getting therapy and getting all the help and getting all the counsel. If it's up to me, hopefully, Christian counsel and all of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, never forget... Or make sure that you're always seeking out the voice of the Lord, no matter what it is that you're going through, because God always has something to say. God can use any avenue. That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, get the help that you need. Get the help that's available. Let's not be foolish and say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, whatever the case is, so I don't need to go talk. Like, no, no, no. Get the help that you need, because God can use anybody and anything. Um, right. But I remember the Lord spoke those words to me. And to look at where I'm at now, it's like, it's, it's almost like, it, it's actually a testimony just to see the bounce back and to see how my life has changed. Um, but in those moments when I heard those words, even months, almost almost a year and change after, it, just, it didn't feel like anything was different. But still holding on to what God said of like, yo, don't worry about anything else. I got you covered. You just get stay focused and get to work. Um, just go to show me right. like the, I guess the, the emphasis that Christ has not not only on loving us, but for us being fulfilled and us us carrying out and being more like him. You get what I'm saying? And so yeah. um, a word of encouragement to just whoever you are, whatever it is that you're going through, like I'm going to be the first person to tell you, I know what it's like to feel like God has abandoned you. I know what it's like to feel like God has left you. God left you high and dry. I know what it feels like to feel like God hurt you. I, I know what that feels like. Right. But, but I can assure yeah. you, I can assure you, I can assure you, trust me, God has never, never left you. He's never left your side. And he's all working it out for you good. Just like the scripture that we started with, Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. There's never a point in time where God has left you, no matter what you're going with, going through, no matter what you're struggling with, whatever it may be. God has never left you. He never will leave you. And you will see the light on the other side. Um, one thing that we have to accept, and it was a conversation that I was actually having with uh, my lady this morning. Fleek, shout out to Fleeky. Um, <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, you hey, know, girl. I to, yeah, I had to plug her in there. We was having this conversation <laughs> this morning about how um, we really have to surrender um, our way and our will because there are times when, you know, and a, a lot of the reasons why we also end up in these not well, let me not say end up in these pitfalls, but a lot of the reasons why it's 
hard for us to get out of these valleys is because we, in our minds, we have a way of the way we want God to work certain things out for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, God, this is what I'm going through. This is what's happening for me. But this is this is how I want it to be worked out. And God plan. is not right, right, right. God is not obligated to 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 fix problems according to our own, I guess, the demands or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's he's not. You know, he's going to do it his way and make sure that. The way, however he does or whatever, is for the benefit of us and everybody around us. And so for me, you know, I could say that that's my testimony. That's my story where it's just like there's been so many times where something would happen or something would go this way or that way. And now I would have my expectation of how I want God to fix it or whatever. And so I'm praying and believing God to fix it my way. But he has something so much better in store, you know. And then what ends up happening is it becomes a wrestle because, like, you're praying and you're seeking and you're believing God for something. Um, that just that that he doesn't have in store for you, and so it's like you fail to realize what he is trying to do for you, and then when he finally comes through with with what he comes through for you, you end up there looking stupid, like yo, I was there wrestling <laughs> and fighting, and t- I mean I'm telling you, like yo, going through all con- like just going through all kinds of tripping stages, like yo, what's yeah. going on, and you know being at war with God, and God is like yo, can you not see that I'm working all this up for your good? So yeah, one yeah, thing that I would exactly. say is like life gets hard. This walk of faith gets mm-hmm. hard. I mean, I couldn't even imagine living life without Christ. I couldn't imagine. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But yeah, I, even I walking with one hundred percent. Right, walking with him is is not you know it's it's not easy. But at the end of the day, like I said, when you give your life to Christ, you get to that place where now okay, you're connecting with somebody perfect. So everything from this point on, and he overcame the world. So no matter what you experience, no matter what you go through, everything from this point on is now accounted for. Mm-hmm. It's now accounted for. Like, yo, God, I fell short today. God, I did this. I did that. I messed this up. I did that. But it's all accounted for because he paid the price. He went to the court. So now it's like, you don't have to live with all the shortcomings or whatever. It's just like, okay, now there's grace to fill that void. Yeah. There's grace for you. And the, and the Bible also says, um, I, I believe it's... Uh, it's either in the book of Timothy or Titus where it says his grace would now teach us. His grace teaches us to be better. His grace teaches us to overcome ourselves. His grace mm-hmm. teaches us to overcome and to come out of whatever it is that we're going through. And so I just want to leave that word of encouragement. No matter what it is, no matter who I may be speaking to right now, the state of your heart, the state of your mind, whatever your reality is right now, you know what you're going through. You know what you're looking for God to do. God has never left. And he will come through for you. It may not be the way you want it. It may not be the way you think he may come through for you. But just know that he will. And trust me, God is not a God who shortchanges anybody. God is not a God who shortchanges yeah. anybody. Trust me, I'm I'm a firm like I, I can I can attest to this too. I can tell you like, yo, if if you're fighting God for something that you want and you're not seeing it, it's because God has better. Mm. Period. Mm, mm, mm. Period. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Very very much. <laughs> Thank you. You have man. like honestly shared so much, and I really, really, really hope that everybody receives what you said and 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 really takes time to digest it because, you know, like you said, everybody's experience is different, everybody's walk is different, everybody's calling is different, but every one of us who are seeking God, God is not different. He does not right. change. His right. love never changes, and he stays remains consistent. And through all this, that 
every promise that he's made to us and everything that has has happened to us, he mm-hmm. will work it all together for our good. So for coming on this episode with me and sharing your truth and being open and honest with everybody and really allowing us to get um, a glimpse into your mind and a glimpse into your story and your walk and your calling. And we know that God has called you there. And this is just the beginning for this man. And you've gotten an opportunity to, 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 to learn a little bit more about a, a man that is being called by God and being used by God and not just being called in to the calling and as you continue to, to follow him and learn more about him you'll have an opportunity to see what happens when you are obedient to the call when you respond to the call upon your life um so toby thank you again for for joining us today i'm going to to link all the socials every single thing um for you for you all to to access so that you can continue following the work of christ that Toby is doing. Um, so, OTRmovement.com, get on that. If you need studio sessions, this is the man that you want to go to. <laughs> and yep. see our clothing. You can follow Toby on Instagram at Toby underscore the minstrel. I will, again, link it in the description and all the other things. And it's, it's, it's really, really something that you want to be a part of. OTR Brunch, you guys have like nine months before the next one comes. I don't know, but yeah. we're about to enter 2020. It's a new decade, so lots of things is going to happen. Right. So, that's it for today. No, thanks thanks for having me, sis. I really enjoyed just talking to you. It's been great. Um, yeah, let's change the world. You know how it goes. Exactly. <laughs> out here. Thank you for tuning in to Toad by Ole, a Lifestyle Perspective podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and check out previous episodes and share it with family, friends, colleagues, and anyone you think would also enjoy Visit toadbyolay.com for more information about the podcast. And be sure to follow on Instagram at toadbyolay for updates and motivational content.